0: Welcome to The Comical Heathen, one man's odyssey into the strange world of religious satire. And that man is me, your host, Dr. Jerry Jaffe, the world's most highly educated stand-up comedian. I've been doing research about religious satire for the past several years, and I decided to start interviewing some comedians and other interesting people that I know, and those interviews were so interesting, I decided to share them with you in this podcast. So thank you for listening. Today's interview is a special one. Earlier this year, I was at the 2017 Indiana Comic Con with my uh, nerd comedy partner, Dan Brown, doing the action comedy nerd show. We had a great time. It's one of the big cons, Uh, a lot of um, celebrities, star spotting, autographs, and many, many great panels. And I spent the weekend there, and one afternoon at Indiana Comic Con, I saw down the main concourse, well, it looked like some protesters. And uh, as I walked a little closer, they looked like the uh, Westboro Baptist Church. And I thought, that's weird. Why would they protest Comic-Con? Of course, they protest anything, so why not? And it was right on the concourse, so I got a little closer. And as I got a little closer, I realized what was going on. There were some cosplayers dressed up as the Westboro Baptist Church, a la Game of Thrones. They had signs like, God hates stags, and stuff like that. And it was pretty hilarious. And so as I got up to the group, I realized that the ringleader of this uh, fake protest was a well-known touring comedian called DJ Dangler. It was actually the first time I ever met DJ, and I went right up to him and introduced myself, and we had a nice chat. DJ had his own comedy show going on at the con. So I went to his show, he went to our show. Uh, We did some interviews with each other. Uh, We hung out a little bit. And just what a great guy DJ Dangler is. If you don't know him, he's a touring comedian. He is a headliner. He is a writer. He also is a a pro wrestling commentator for a local promotion in the Detroit area. And just all around really like folksy guy you can really talk to. We had a nice conversation. We talked about the Westboro Baptist Church and how his protest went. We talked about a couple other things, including that he himself was raised in Indiana. He's from Indiana, and he was raised by a very religious family, uh, rural, uh, almost evangelical, almost Pentecostal, and we talked about that for a while, and we also just talk about some of his favorite comedians when it comes to religious satire, uh, which for him included talking about Bill Hicks. So, uh, that's some of the things we're going to talk about. Um, afterwards, you'll hear an update from the Rabbit Hutch, find out what's going on with Kevin Bacon and Newton, my two Holland Lops, and also you'll hear my reaction to a newspaper article I found about Ken Ham, the world's most famous creationist. So all of that is to follow. But first, my interview with DJ Dangler. All right, welcome to the Comical Heathen. This is your host, Dr. Jerry Jaffe, and the very special guest I just met at the 2017 Indiana Comic Con, comedian DJ Dangler. Hello. Hey DJ, it was great meeting you. Uh, On Friday, I checked into the con and Mm -hmm. I saw some apparent protesters with signs for the Westeros
1: Baptist Church. Yeah, we were protesting real hard. There's a a huge, (laughs) there's a pandemic blight on America of robots not wearing pants (laughs) and and comic book characters dating outside of their universes, and and, we're not gonna have that. And apparently, too much stag on stag, same stag marriage, same stag marriage. Yes, (laughs) it was uh, it was super fun. Uh, We got the idea a couple of weeks ago and because like I, I brought a lot of comics with me this week when i put the idea in there the ideas of like the signs just started coming sure. so quickly it was a fun sure one of the most fun brainstorming <laughs> sessions i've ever had in my life
0: i saw your group down the hall there's like a long main hall yeah. and for like the distance i thought are there protesters
1: at this comic con yeah. uh that over i was overwhelmed <laughs> by how many people didn't get the joke i'm like right. I'm surrounded by by people dressed up as anthropomorphic wolves yes. and and but like they I, they did not get the joke at all. I mean, there's people yeah. walking by cosplaying Game of Thrones. Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah, and and getting one of the guys I was with got like a shoulder check, like a sincere right? like some little mm-hmm. some guy thought he was a hero stepping up to the West, which is like I have zero love for the Westboro Baptist Church. All right, well, like that's clearly what a bunch of jerk right? monster, whatever. And I understand, I don't know. I am torn because like, like when people talk about, like, hey, I can watch this Nazi get punched in the face. Right. People who really want to punch other people in the face. Right. People who really want to punch strangers in the face, right. maybe. I think you're rarely the good guy. Even if that other guy's a bad guy wanting to hit sure. someone you don't know. You know, John Lennon said something like that. Okay. That's when he
0: and Yoko did their, like, naked sit-in. Yeah. They let reporters come into the hotel room for a weekend. He said that he saw a lot of anger, including in himself. And in, like, Vietnam protesters. Yeah. He was trying to find a peaceful way, yeah, not like, a punchy way to protest. Yeah, <laughs> like,
1: like, people want to go, I'm going to go scream at those guys. And I was like, well, that's usually how dialogue happens, right, is yeah. two people screaming yes. until one's voice gives out and yeah. the other wins. <laughs> that's the great compromise in yeah. America, right? <laughs> but, yeah, like, I, I was. I was I was bummed that people, uh, and it's also, I have an elevated... When you're in such a friendly environment as Comic-Con where everybody's so happy. And so inclusive. anybody splashing any water. I guess I could do that, too. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I don't want to have ruined anyone. I certainly don't want to have negatively affected anyone's Mm -hmm. time. But the fact that people were so ready to get mad was interesting to me. Because that's not something for someone who, like, I'm I'm not a real bashful guy Mm -hmm. or even a, a terribly sensitive dude. I don't. I want people. I don't want people to misunderstand, or, or rather, I don't want people to misinterpret me as being mad or shitty. Sure. Because I'm so mad and shitty. All like, <laughs> like I'm very upfront with my. Yeah. I'm, I'm never going to, to backhand. yet. it's going to be a full-on punch.
0: When you're um, touring and you tour a lot yeah. and play all over the country, and you mentioned to me earlier that you had just done a tour of the South. Yeah.
1: Do you play religious satire in your act normally um, or much? I do. I grew up in a real religious family, okay like I grew up a uh, Pentecostal almost okay. snake handler okay and it's weird because because those people are my people sure and I don't like them, but they're mine, you' know, right like? yeah. so it's one of those no i uh I love making fun of the Bible because I've read it sure and nothing <laughs> bothers me more than people who want to quote the parts other people highlight Light, high lit, highlighted. For, <laughs> we'll go, yeah. go with highlighted. We'll go high. We'll go high lit because we're lit. talking about being that. <laughs> yes, uh, you're right. That is more appropriate yeah. all of a sudden. But uh, I do get mad at like, like few things make me happier, right? Than when religious assholes don't know their Bible. When Trump right. says Corinthians two. Yes. <laughs> like when Jerry Falwell Jr. could support Trump, and this isn't this isn't a political thing. Right. This isn't my church thing. Sure, because like that really bugs me. Because Trump's not a moral man. Like, right? Does yeah. that make him a bad politician? Nope. That's not what does. Right? Like, whatever. That's not it. Right. But the idea that the church can get behind a guy who's been married several times yes. and says he wants to, like, fuck what are you they doing? Guys. Yeah, like, you're the moral high ground. Get yeah. bent. Like, yeah. like, that's infuriating to me. More so, really, more so even than Trump. Uh, like,
0: well, there's an interview with a pastor who did the opening. Uh, prayer for the republican national convention and someone asked him that point blank mm-hmm. and in the interview his response was something like i'm paraphrasing of course but mm-hmm. something like
1: well we've all made mistakes but i believe he's a good man deep down <laughs> I would, who do they not think is a good man that is giving them money right i mean that yes. in a very whatever i'll bet if that guy mm. wasn't a billionaire their position would and you know what mine probably would too it, it right. like, we, yep, sure, I'm not going to get on some whatever if, I, I if like, there's any billionaires yeah. that would like to patronize yep. either DJ Dangler or Jerry Jaffe we're online just reach no, out nothing's <laughs> worse than working with a person who's rich and stupid right because they're never going to know they're dumb because yep. because people want their money like, yes. like, I don't think that is Trump that wasn't the one whatever I was thinking of much less rich and probably M- even more, more stupid And more dumb <laughs> but do you talk yeah. about your upbringing at all in your act? Uh, yeah, yeah. Some. Uh, I'm not an overly personal. And I also, I, I think I do the, you mentioned the extreme to illustrate the norm. Yes. You know what I, But I love, it's such an awful whatever. I do love saying, uh, like, I was raised with an abstinence-only education. Right. Where we thought sex was only for procreation or to teach right. that boy a lesson. <laughs> and we did, like, I grew up with the mean hillbilly. Sure. And my Jesus would call your Jesus... Uh, a gay slur and call the real Jesus an ethnic slur. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like the Jesus I grew up with was a whole. And you were raised Jesus. in Indiana. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Northeast. Right. Yeah, not near anywhere. Not near anywhere. Yeah. Sure. way you get camo country. Right. Yeah. We had, we had good public schooling. I, like, that's a real, like I'll go out okay. of my way to say that. I, okay. I, I had a good public school. Uh, there are aspects mm-hmm. of that society that is very good. And it's mm-hmm. real easy to get mad at sure. the religiosity and, yes. and the whatever. And the real, the ingrained and indoctrinated racism. Yes. And, and I think that's a real thing that that's America is struggling at. The worst thing you can call someone is a racist. And that's silly. Right. Most, like, like racism's bad. It's not as bad as murder. Right. Like it, I would <laughs> argue it's not as bad as theft. Unless okay. it's so ingrained that you're stealing right. from a whole, what? like. Yeah, yeah. But. If I was to find out that I have a lot of nephews and I love them greatly, right. and if I was to find out that they were uncomfortable around Mexicans, I'd be right. like, well, that's pretty stupid. Right. But if I was to find out that they steal car <laughs> radios, <laughs> I'd be like, no, I need to tell that kid to stop that right now. Like, right. That kid can't hang out with me right. anymore. Is there anyone um, doing religious satire now, like on the comedy
0: scene, that you think does it well or that you, <laughs> what you do admire
1: I? in any way? Um... Or, I don't think it's satire when he does it, right? But I sure love it when Stephen Colbert talks religion, sure. Because I also think he, and this is something I I struggle with greatly. He's not mad at it, right? He's just kind of outgrown it, sure. And I feel like I went through a time where I was really mad at it, like a real. And I'm not now because it's people try. If people are using things to be good, who the hell would want to take that away (laughs) from them? But like, yeah, Colbert seems to like when he talks take about a glee in pointing out hypocrisy. Yeah, and I love it. Uh, I watched a long interview with like him and Oprah, and okay. he, he had one of the nicest lines I've ever heard. He goes, uh, "When my mother gave mm-hmm. me her religion, she wanted me to use it. It was a gift she gave me. Okay, if I don't use it all the time, that's on me. Right. But it wasn't that like she really liked it. Right. And that helped because as much as as much as I make fun of the way I grew up." I love my parents. Sure. Like, they, they raised six kids, and I think that's real hard to do. Right. And they're not, they're not lunatics. Like, right. like the church <laughs> I grew up in was hateful, and I, right. I stand by that. Like, Sure. I grew up in a hateful environment. Okay. But my folks weren't. Like, like it was, that, that's sure. a real, even weird shit. Like, like, right. I, I'm 36 years old, so I okay. grew up with rampant homophobia. Every, okay. like, we only ever called anything gay. Does sure. that make, like only if your computer didn't work correctly it was gay right if, if the like stupid gay grass sure just the weird we hate that yeah. the whatever but even then i can remember i can remember my mom being like i don't think a whole lot of people go to hell right you know what i mean And like that was a big i remember being a little kid playing yeah. cowboys and indians and worrying about because I was told by the people that ran my church that all Indians went to hell unless right. they love Jesus. Sorry, pick the wrong God. Red guys should, yes. have, should have should have picked the blue-eyed Jesus. And uh, like I, I can remember talking about American Indians with my mom and her being like, "Nah, they're fine." And that, that was important. Like, sure. like it was a good. Like, she was using it to be a better human, not to feel like a better human. Okay, and maybe that's the the differentiation. Okay. Using it or just sure. knowing. If you use your membership to the gym, <laughs> you're actually in shape. <laughs> if you just have one, that just means you have $60 of disposable It'll income. Yeah.
0: You know. How about, uh, like comedians from the past? Any classic religious satire? Uh, I could listen to Bill Hicks talk oh, all day. Sure. You know, like, like not sure. to be
1: too obvious or easy. No, but, uh, absolutely. I started listening to, and I, I, uh, the guy who did the NAS and it totally, uh, I I found out about it through listening to David Bowie lyrics. But what, I watched what are we the uh, about right the Naz. Uh I don't know what that is. Uh you you well you know the, uh, he was the Naz with God Given Ass in, oh, in okay, yeah. yeah. I looked up what the Naz was oh, wondering what it was. The Naz was a sketch that like a 1950s comedian did where he was a cool hip talking Jesus, like, oh, like really? Like, Jesus was a beatnik. All right. He was the Naz. Uh, just for the record,
0: I'm going to look this up. Yeah. If there's anything on YouTube, I'll put it in the description yeah. of this episode so people can see. So, like,
1: what's the one about... I, I also consider... Like most Americans, I confuse most uh, European history with the Bible, sure, a little bit <laughs> in a weird snotty, you know, like uh, like 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 what Ben Franklin wrote in the Bible, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but no, but I, I do have some of that. But like like the Rape of the Lock, I consider sure. almost religious parody, okay, because sure, because I marry the institutions of civility with the church. Because sure. the church has done such a good job of saying, we're all the good guys. Okay. Everything good. Does that make sense? Sure. The,
0: hey, Bob, I only have a couple of minutes because uh, we're, we're sort of, uh, yeah, we're, semi we're stealing up. a room yep. here. Yep.
1: How are you enjoying Indiana Comic Con? I love it. Yes. Like, it's super fun. Like this right. has been a weird, stressful week with, with getting all the comics sure, involved sure. and all the travel. So this has been a rough and, one, but a great one. The show's been going well. Real fun. Yeah. It's, it's also a place I get Real fans here, like Right. people who like what I do and read the things I write yeah. and whatever. So yeah, it's a it's yeah. a meaningful thing. Like yeah, I look forward to it all year. Let me ask one more question. Okay. Uh, just on the topic of religious satire, anything you'd like to say that we didn't cover? Last yeah, well, thoughts? Any? He... Try to be nicer, and if people scare you, learn more about them. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Well, thank you
0: very much, DJ. Thank Enjoy you, the rest man. Of the Thanks so much. This is a great interview. <laughs> Thanks, <dear. laughs> All right, what a great interview. As I mentioned during the interview, to find a space to set up my equipment and interview him, we kind of had to steal one of the panel rooms in between sessions. So we didn't have as much time as I would have liked, uh, but we packed a lot of uh, entertaining and informative content into that. I mean, his upbringing, really wild. And uh, that Stephen Colbert idea of using your religion as opposed to, in a way, being a slave to your religion or just carrying religion as a, a burden or a marker. That was very interesting, and um, also the reactions to the protest. I mean, I saw some of it. It was kind of weird to see cosplayers who are generally very upbeat, positive, and inclusive, and probably most of them just sort of went along or even ignored them, but they definitely got some reactions. And as you all may know, me and my wife keep two lovely Holland Lops, Kevin Bacon and Newton, and Rabbits Are Great Pets. One of the funny things about rabbits as pets that some people you probably know are kind of a stereotype is that rabbits poop a lot. And, you know, they uh, don't actually um, just poop a lot. Uh, Just the same way cows regurgitate their food and have to chew it and swallow it twice. Rabbits do the same thing, but instead of regurgitating, it goes out the other end. So it's actually part of their digestive system to poop a lot because some of that gets recycled. I read online that the average house rabbit poops 300 times a day. 300 times a day. We have two rabbits. That's 600 times a day. And, in fact, my wife is considering getting a third rabbit sometime soon. That'd be 900 to 1,000 poops a day. Um, I love my rabbits. I love my wife. But the one thing, we have one agreement, I do not clean up the poops. That was uh, one of the deals up front. Uh, because they poop a lot, you have to keep their cages lined. Some rabbit owners use a type of cage that has like a metal bottom and there's a little bit of space and the poops drop onto a tray that you can clean. So that's one option. We didn't want to do that. First of all, rabbits do need access to their poops because it's part of their digestive cycle. Um, Also, some rabbits don't like having their feet on those metal floors. So we have a flat-bottom cage and we line that flat-bottom cage with newspapers. And a kind of ironic thing has happened because of collecting newspapers and lining the rabbit cages with newspapers. I actually have been reading a lot more newspapers lately. You know, In the digital age, everyone gets their news online or through Twitter and Facebook. But now I'm reading newspapers again. And one type of headline that pops out at me all the time is headlines about religion. Because those articles are not always super clearly written you know journalists are not always experts in the field they're talking about and so sometimes they just repeat or parrot or misphrase or misunderstand what they're talking about in articles and that seems to happen a lot with religion so uh i consider uh, misinformation to be a sin so that's why i call it misinformation and whenever i see examples of misinformation i have to you know speak up and correct it you know it's it's not your dogma it's my karma And I'm just trying to spread some love and spread some knowledge. And I was over at the Rabbit Hutch today, and what did I find? An article from the Royal Gazette, which is a newspaper from Bermuda. Yes, the Bermuda, the island. Nice. You know, having the Royal Gazette at the bottom of your rabbit cage has got to feel exotic and luxurious to Newton and Kevin Bacon as they squeeze out their perfectly spherical little brown pellets. Anyway, this article is titled, Evolution Attacks the Character of God. Bum, bum, bum Now, there are some extra quotation marks in that title that don't show up so good on a podcast. A the character of God, quote-unquote, is a direct quote from none other than Ken Ham, a guy whose name is so short, I can only assume his parents were trying to save space on the birth certificate. The money they saved on ink was spent buying their favorite food, canned ham. If the name Ken Ham sounds familiar to you, then you're either a person who follows the news or maybe a person who follows the Bible. Ken Ham is sometimes mentioned uh, in the former. He's the president of Answers in Genesis, an organization that has brought us such humorless amusement parks as the Creation Museum, and uh, that Noah's Ark exact replica, concrete building thingy, is building a giant replica of a boat that can't possibly float in an effort to prove the Bible is literally true, ironic or ignorant, Potato, potato, let's just call the whole thing fruit salad anyway. I would say that Ken Ham and Answers in Genesis have confused the word museum with the word theme park. Now if you want to see a fantasy world where dinosaurs and people cohabitate and actual science is chucked out the window, this is the place for you. give you a quick example. There are actual displays in the creation theme park suggesting that legends about dragons are proof that humans and dinosaurs coexisted. Yep, legends about dragons cited as proof that's what passes for science in the Creation Museum theme park. Yabba-dabba-doo. So anyway, this article, which is essentially a transcribed telephone interview, gives you a hearty helping of Ham's baloney. In it, he says the purpose of Answers in Genesis is, quote, to show the history of the Bible as true, quote. But the thing is, logically... Scientifically, if you want to prove something you believe is true, you don't look for evidence that confirms your idea like Ham does. You look for evidence that contradicts your idea. You've got to rule out other possibilities. Before you comment on how the wife's cooking smells, you've got to make sure the baby doesn't need changing or the dog hasn't farted. Trust me on this one. But to the article. Two-thirds of the next generation are walking away from church in the U.S., Ham continues. I want to warn parents what can happen to their children. Did you see what Ham just did there? He implied the church in the U.S. is one monolithic entity, one which presumably shares his extreme view of things. But the truth is believers aren't always churchgoers, and churchgoers aren't always creationists, and even creationists aren't necessarily young earth creationists like Ham. He doesn't speak for all people of faith any more than I speak for all people who eat cake. Listen, everyone, the cake is true. It's just the frosting that's a lie. He wants to warn parents what can happen to their children, but he doesn't say what that is. Does he mean hell? Substance abuse? Disney on ice? No, wait, I already said hell. Ham says, quote, In any country that has public education or television, children will be inundated with evolutionary ideas. Whoa, so that's the great threat to our children's future? Countries with public education and televisions? Not nuclear weapons, not global warming. Ideas, simply ideas. Because they might be ideas that Ken Ham doesn't happen to agree with. So despite the diverse and amazing world we live in, this guy's idea of the utopia is never learning anything new, apparently. Maybe he'd be happier if he lived in a cave. I know I would. Unfortunately for Ham, most caves are also millions of years old. Later on, Ham says, More and more Christian academics are questioning a literal Adam and Eve and a literal fall, by which he, of course, is referring to humankind's metaphorical fall from grace. Any irony fans out there? Literal? Fall? What the hell? Eve ate an apple. She didn't slip on a banana. Ham says, if a literal six-day creation by an intelligent God is wrong, then the whole Bible is wrong. Talk about throwing your baby dinosaur out with the baptismal font. So, if there's one mistake or untruth anywhere in the Bible, Ken Ham is willing to throw the whole book out the window. Say, hypothetically, if it turns out the moon isn't itself glowing like the Bible says, it's just reflecting light from the sun, then Ham's whole worldview collapses. Or if 1 Kings 7.23 says pi is 3, but that turns out to be a very poor calculation. Or if there's absolutely no evidence or reasonable physics for a global flood, regardless of the charming tales about Noah, well, if those parts aren't literally true, then screw all that love thy neighbor, or turn the other cheek, or even turn thy lovely neighbor's other cheek. Ken Ham is out. The base of his morality will spontaneously evaporate. And he'll have to be restrained from kicking babies, sniffing glue, and Disney on ice. That is not a well-tested and robust ideology. That's a house of cards. Was it Jesus who said, Let he who burns the first science book not live in a twig house? I think it was Jesus. Ham goes on to say, Even conservative church leaders believe in millions of years, which attacks the character of God. Wait, wait, wait. What was that? What is it that attacks the character of God? Belief in millions of years? (sighs) Sigh. We usually talk about billions of years. And it's not scientists contradicting the Bible. It's the Grand Canyon that's attacking the character of God because it is more than 6,000 years old. It took more than 6,000 years in the making. Ham can look at the Grand Canyon, or distant starlight, or the diversity of plants and animals on this planet, and think... Yeah, it looks like about 6,000 years old to me. It's absurd. He says there's no such thing as millions of years. I guess he never had to wait in line in security at the airport. This article says Ham has found that many Christians are intimidated by, quote, the word science, which simply means knowledge, end quote. Well, yes, the origin of the word science does trace back to the Latin root meaning to know. But today, the word science when properly used, is about the process through which knowledge is acquired. It's the scientific method which is a cycle of ideas, tests, and observations. It's an approach that thrives on ongoing criticism and revisions to improve and refine its findings to make them as consistent as possible with the world we see around us. It's sort of like the opposite of constantly having to revise your view of the changing and expanding world to match a 2,000-year-old book. Yeah, hey, no penguins mentioned in the Bible. Well, you know, they fall under the category of uh, beasts. Yeah, adorable little swimming birds in tuxedos. But that's not distinctive enough to mention in the Bible, unless it's in a narration by Morgan Freeman, who has played God in movies, so I guess that counts. He says he is equipping people to give a logical defense of their faith. But why even try to use logic? The word faith means... Belief despite the absence of proof. That's why they call it blind faith. Because it exists despite the lack of evidence. Faith is when you want something to be true. Faith is what makes me more handsome than George Clooney. I can hear you snickering, heretics. Watch it or you'll find yourself at Disney on ice. Remember, this article had the headline, Evolution Attacks the Character of God. But I'd like to say that scientists are attacking the ideas of Ken Ham, and that it is Ken Ham that has confused himself with God. It's not Charles Darwin, it's not Bill Nye, it's not me, Jerry Joffy. None of us are attacking the so-called character of God. We are criticizing the ideas, the very, very poor ideas of Ken Ham. It is apparently Ken Ham who can't tell the difference between himself and God. Meanwhile, he sets in judgment of his interlocutors, and refers them to someone else, like a retail clerk with an attitude. Eh, whatever, I didn't write the store rules. You have to talk to the supervisor. He'll be right back. He just stepped out 2,000 years ago. Ken Ham sounds very judgmental, but I seem to recall Jesus saying not to be judgmental. But maybe that is just my interpretation. Maybe one of us isn't being literal enough. Ken Ham's awfully extreme about the book of Jesus' teachings about moderation. Like I said, this article is basically a transcribed telephone call with Ham, presumably on line 5 while holding the Mayo Clinic. And the occasion was him visiting Bermuda, on what I'm sure he had to repeatedly assure his accountants and his wife was a business trip. And since he's in the business of recruiting followers and asking for money, a more accurate title for this article might have been Religious Fundamentalist in Bermuda to Recruit and Convert Extremists while spending time away from his wife on quote-unquote business. After waiting in line for security at the airport, maybe Ken Ham would come to believe in millions of years. And that's what I found at the bottom of the rabbit hutch today. I just want to take this opportunity to thank DJ Dangler for uh, being my interview today, and I would like to thank my good friend Jeff Geddert for all of his technical advice as well as his contributions to the writing of this podcast. I want to thank uh, my good friend, Mark Bell, who plays the lovely organ music you hear uh, throughout the episode. And finally, I'd like to thank you for listening. Look for uh, additional comments and links in the description of this event, and be sure to rate us on iTunes and Stitcher. And thank you for listening.